and welcome back to the MMCast. I am your host this week, Marshall James, um, and I've got my guest with me, Veil of Death, Veil of Death MTG on YouTube. Howdy there. Hello, everybody, and hi, Marshall. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, so uh, this week, uh, the guys, uh, Kessler and Ben, are actually at a trade show for... um, for their toy company, Kesco Toys. Big shout out to Kesco Toys. Go check them out right now. Uh, they got a really exciting uh, new game, Battle Bosses, that is coming out. It, the Kickstarter backers uh, are receiving their um, Kickstarter rewards just now. Um, and it's a game I'm really excited about. It's a miniatures uh, skirmish game uh, in a battle, little battle arena. Uh, myself and a uh, frequent collaborator on the show, Michael Grothy, also helped with playtest and design on the game. It's just a lot of fun. You got one big boss and a bunch of little minions, and you're trying to take down your opponent's big boss and little minions. It's a, it's a lot of fun. But uh, we're not on the show this week to talk about that. Instead, I'm here to talk about a format that I'm just super excited about and really want to get more uh, eyes on it is uh, the Artisan Commander format. Uh, and so I asked uh, Vale to come on the show. He also makes um, Artisan uh, Commander content over on his YouTube channel. This week's episode, it's all about Artisan Commanders. It's all about the fun you can have in Commander without any rares. Tell us about what is Artisan? What makes it different than regular Commander? Well, it all makes it different is you have your Commanders are only on Commons. That's the first one. Thanks to Commander Legends, you have a wide variety that you can use, including Partners. Two colored mostly. There are no real free colored decks the last time I checked for Artisan. That many. There's exactly three legendaries that are uncommon, and it's all they were all downshifted thanks to one of the online masters. Oh, so yeah. you can there's an Esper, a Bant, and a Jund commander that are at uncommon, but they're all really old legends. <laughs> they're not particularly strong, and they uh they're only really easy to get on Magic Online. So yeah, for the most part, all commanders are two colors. And uh, it's not just the commanders. It's all your deck is uh, commons and uncommons. So exactly. it's a rare-free and mythic-free zone. Well, it's still a little bit higher than pauper, which will be just commons. <laughs> yeah. My excitement around this format like, came out of the fact that like I am a big deck brewer. I love... Uh, building decks for commander and i also really like deck building challenges like uh putting some sort of restriction on myself and uh one thing that really excited me a few years ago when dominaria came out was the sudden emergence of a lot of uncommon legends beforehand i think there had been some attempts to do like a popper or peasant commander and they had to bend the rules by allowing you to like uh, you can play a rare commander or you can play any uncommon creature even non-legendary ones and that just never felt right to me because either you're breaking your own rule by allowing a rare or you're breaking the rules of commander by allowing a non-legend so when they came out with uncommon legends I was like awesome I can finally do it I uh, I grabbed a slime foot I grabbed all of the common and uncommon <laughs> fungus sapperling makers threw them all together, and it turns out that deck was not bad because one of the one of the stronger archetypes in Artisan Commander is Aristocrats. It turns out draining out your opponents, uh, you know, Blood Artist is still legal, uh, Falconroth Noble is still legal, Zulaport Cutthroat, all those guys. 
um, all the basic aristocrats pieces are all there. So I was able to build this Slimefoot uh, base commander deck and actually win against people playing normal commander decks, you know, like obviously not against CDH level decks, but uh, if I'm if I'm playing against other mid power decks and I'm playing my no rares Slimefoot deck, I feel like I have even money chances against them. Uh, what was your first uh, foray into artisan like? My first foray was actually watching somebody else build. That was specifically Alan from Mental Misplay. He was building an artisan deck, and that inspired me. Hmm. Let me go check my twenty plus boxes of trash cards and finally get a good use out of them. And uh, the, also the nice thing is, especially as you mentioned, the uh, deck challenges, I like to deck challenge myself, even for my normal content, for CDH content I do, I have deck restrictions that I like, like for example, I don't use proxies, which means I only use cards I own, for example, I don't use white border cards, uh, you know, <laughs> f- fun stuff like this, and for artisans specifically, it was literally, there was like, no pre- uh, precedent, like no real like deck text or mox field or EDH rig or whatever. So I just literally just went there, took my boxes, found legends that were like, hmm, do I want to build something on this? Okay, I found the theme, I found the commanders. For me specifically right now, it would be Casket and Dargo. And then just went through my entire collection just to get cards. And I really love building those because I do build decks sometimes like this just out of my pure collection, including my casual commanders before, which I have. I've built just, I literally just opened my binder and let's see, this this card, this card, this card, and suddenly we have a 100 card deck. Let's go. Well, I, I love that idea of like not needing to build like the optimized deck. I feel like there's so much talk about like how we need to optimize commander. And I feel like, you know, there's a, big conversation going on in the commander space online about power creep, about speed creep, even in non CDH formats, right? There are people who are just trying to play their normal janky decks. And the thing is wizards has printed enough mana rocks and enough efficient card draw that it's starting to become, it is no longer the format of the big flashy seven and eight mana drop play, even in your casual deck the game nights, uh, the command zone, like they, they talk about this a lot, but then at the same time, they're also the ones saying the format's too fast for three mana rocks. Stop playing them. Like Hedron archive is bad. Stop playing it. And I'm like, you guys realize you're, it's a chicken and egg thing. When you tell people that the format is too fast for you to play your three mana rocks and then later complain that people aren't playing three mana rocks anymore. Like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really appreciate the idea of like, just looking at your collection just throwing together the cards and then just playing the deck and you can tweak it later. But like, there doesn't need to be a like, ah, but if I had a necro in here and if I, you know, like I, I I don't know where, you know, I'm going to find another Sylvan library for this deck. It's like, you're, you don't need it. Like unless your deck, unless your like commander specifically needs, you know, like you don't want to play your Nazan deck without your hammer of Nazan. Right. But (laughs) unless your, your commander absolutely needs it, like just just build a deck and and get it going, and I I think that's kind of the thing that really is exciting about Artisan is like anybody who's been playing Magic for any decent amount of time has their big pile of boxes. They're right off camera here, right? <laughs> and I dig through them all the time, and I'm like, oh man, this was an exciting card. Or this was an exciting card. Like I really like like pretty much I've only really played Commander and Limited, and I think my love of Limited is actually what informed my love of Commander. Uh, of artisan commander specifically like 
I wanted to include uncommons because I, personally, uncommons are some of my favorite cards in the game, especially in the last 10 years or so. They've really been pushing that the uncommons, the signpost uncommons, they like to call them, are the the rares of limited, right? They're the ones where you want to open up that like, you know, there's so many like gold, white and blue flyers that like give bonuses to all your flyers. And it like tells you like blue, white flyers is how you draft blue and white in this format, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it means you get a pile of like Azorius cards that are all like good flying and flying matters cards, but they're all not good enough for an actual commander deck. But Artisan is a is a format where those like first pick instant windmill slam draft cards become great. So it feels sometimes like I'm playing a really super optimized sealed deck, like the best possible sealed deck I could have opened. And I think part of what also really led to this was Commander Legends, which was like the big windfall moment for this format. And it was the first time that I was able to get uh, Kessler and Ben on board doing a commander stream where we we're like, oh, let's do it. We, there's now enough, more than enough uh, variety. There are 184 legal legends for the format, but 30 of them have partner. And if you do the math, that makes 435 possible combo pairs. So really the format feels like it has nearly 600 possible commanders. And that's a wide open field. And it really is sort of a wild west format because people haven't really broken it yet. As far as I can tell, there's a lot of people who are worrying like, are some of the really powerful uncommon legends that are powerful even at regular level, like Tatiova or Sir Conrad, like, are they going to just be like juggernauts in this format? And I haven't yet found that to be the case. Have you found any like real problematic uh, cards or commanders in Artisan yet? I don't think so. From all the games I played, it was literally every deck just gets to do what they want to do, and then whoever gets to do it better a little bit or a little bit uh, uh, to outplay their players, they just, you know, have still have a good time. There, I haven't seen anything to go, like, really ruin the fun. I've played, like, eight to nine games, some on and some off stream, and no, I even played with a guy who had four so well and everything in their deck, and he basically still played like it was a normal casual game. It was yeah. nothing like being stopped or nuked by the guy that has the most expensive card in the format. Yeah. Well, and I think you're you're right on there there is that like it it does feel sometimes like this is actually an almost more strategically intense version of commander because there aren't those big haymaker spell effects. So <laughs> the format uh, one of the topics we want to kind of go over is how is this different from regular commander and one one thing i think is value plays are a lot more important in artisan commander because there isn't going to be an insurrection there isn't going to be a rise of the dark realms or there are no extra turn cards you know uh some of the big homogenous like auto include like uh cards like cyclonic rift and dark <laughs> dockside extortionist and fierce guardianship they're all gone Mm -hmm. um force of will is still there but i honestly kind of feel like force of will is a pretty fair card like your opponent goes down two cards to stop you which is a trade i often will take like fine okay you discard two cards to stop my spell okay um and you get to do that once good job i would say force of will and all these like especially that there as you said there's no cyclonic there's no damnation no, no 
uh, one card combo cards basically that I say I win the game like even Adnos from CDH format is not here even though if you look at it in a different perspective a lot of those auto includes for fast and competitive formats are uncommons and commons yeah because yeah you still get your soul good. ring yeah soul ring is still around but most of the other fast mana is not around um, and so but the format still has the ubiquitous signets. There's still signets and talismans everywhere, and I think they're still real good. Like, mana ramp is not hard. One thing I do think is interesting is over the years, there have been enough color pie breaks that sometimes at full power commander, it feels like the colors have really lost their identity because they printed enough good card draw spells in every color except white that <laughs> that you don't need to be playing blue to draw plenty of cards. And mm-hmm. now that they've started printing like enchantment removal in black and they've started printing creature and artifact removal in blue of all things, like it's starting to feel like a lot of colors no longer have any weaknesses and they're all pretty good at everything. And when they print all these talismans and signets, every color is good at ramping. So now it sort of just feels like we pick a commander and the cards will be there to play them. And it seems like when you remove a lot of the rares, the colors sort of go back to being what they're good at. No longer does green have all the Haymaker card draw spells that it has at rare. Like, there's no Rishkar's expertise in Return of the Wild Speaker. There's Harmonize, and Harmonize is, like, super great, pretty much an auto-include in most green uh, artisan decks, I'd imagine. But, but like, at this point, green is so spoiled for card draw cards that, like, Harmonize is even good in regular Commander. Right? Yeah, there's no Guardian Project. There is no Great Henge, the, the, the most broken green artifact ever made, I think. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Like, all those those nutty things are gone. But there are, like, now you get to, like, look a second time at, like, Lead the Stampede and hunter's insight and it's like oh yeah okay green's got some like creature based card draw that that's worth looking at yeah i have uh that's the theme of my deck i have a rakdos deck and it's everything is based on sacrifice so sacrifice this to draw cards and it's all typical rakdos stuff what always rakdos like to do or pay life to draw cards which is a typical black thing to do which no longer is like as you mentioned necro would be a card that doesn't draw me cards, yet it draws cards for life and can avoid all the shenanigans of not drawing cards. But, you know, in a format like Artisan, it's more balanced. It's not like I'm going to go off with a Necro turn one or something. Even though Dark Ritual is legal, it's not really that much play. Yeah. Well, and so the I, I think an interesting thing about it, about the format also, is it leads to a feel more like old school EDH, where it feels a lot more battle cruisery. Um, it's a lot more buildup of forces. There's some there's some like attrition plays. You know, you already touched upon the fact that like there there's very few board wipes in <laughs> Artisan. Uh, I was like, I did a quick look through and like each color has pretty much one except green. Well, actually, green has something they people I've played with, they found, but it's, you know, it requires something for you to have, like a board presence, so your creatures can just nuke everything else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Onslaught, monsters, monsters onslaught. onslaught. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I died to that card recently. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fair, yeah. Yeah, in the format, like, if you're playing them, there aren't a whole lot of board wipes. Like, blue has Aetherize, white has just Slaughter the Strong, which got downshifted to Uncommon in Commander Legends. If you're going for board wipes, you really need to be in black or red. Red's got a lot of the deal X amount of damage to all creatures. Although it doesn't seem to get above four. So if you've got five toughness, because also black has a lot of massacre effects that are like neg two, neg two, or neg three, neg three. If you've got five toughness in artisan, you are living, you practically have indestructible. (laughs) (laughs) Red got a cool one, volcanic torrent that I was looking at, that it has cascade and then it does X damage to each of your opponent's creatures where X is the number of spells. So it has like a, so if you've cast a bunch of spells, like it's going to deal two damage at least because you're casting this and you're cascading. But if you've cast like three or four other spells, then it can be pretty bananas. And pretty much all of the one mana cantrip spells are commons or uncommons. So there definitely is a place for like gutter snipes dot deck, like all them gutter snipes is commons and uncommons. Yeah, but it's also easy to remove because gutter snipe is a 2-2, if I'm not mistaken. It's true. It's true. <laughs> So there is a balance to it, I would say. And, and maybe it was not even intended to be balanced that way, but it is. And that's what makes it even more fun or more interesting, that it is balanced in a way. Yeah. Yeah, so the games tend to be longer. There seems to be a lot more reliance on synergy. You know, lots of little, like, your parts of your deck all fitting together. So themes really seem to matter. Like, it's not so much just pile the, play the pile of best cards. Um, you really want to kind of lean into your theme. And the cool thing is there are a lot of strategies that are viable in Artisan. I'd say just about as many as are viable in Commander. Um, You know, all the basic uh, deck types like aggro, combo, and control are all there. There's a lot of tribal themes, especially, again, Commander Legends coming through like really the workhorse... uh, I can't wait till Commander Legends 2 comes out this later this year because I think it's going to be just a huge boon. Looking forward to it myself. But you can play tribal, you can play tokens, you can play Auron equipments, you can go back to relying on commander damage. There's some big commanders um, that are commons and uncommons that can really just plan to beat face for a lot. Dargo, very good example of that. <laughs> Seven fire. Yeah. Just, you yeah, know, give him... cast him on turn two all the time. <laughs> I think the fastest I got him out was turn two, but that was like an insane hand, which I had to dump almost all of my hand on that turn. Yeah. And then if someone has a swords or a uh, or a path to exile, you're like, oh, oh nuts. <laughs> it's nice that there are those, um, there are some like, you know, pressure release valves in, in the fact that like targeted removal, most all targeted removal is still common and uncommon. So the removal suite is is still powerful and um the counter spells are all the not the uh not all the free ones other than force but you know mana drain was an uncommon and counter spell it has been a common right so um there i feel like the colors have a lot of answers to stuff uh, but there's not as many board wipes so you're able to slowly still be building up a board even if your powerful pieces are being sniped here and there and it really puts a lot of value on repeatable removal. So uh, like a, a card like Null Mage Shepherd, which can like repeatedly be destroying artifacts and enchantments every turn, like I think really puts in work in a format where normally you're like, you, there's a lot of one for ones in this format. So anytime you can 
eke out a two for one or three for one or just repeatedly doing it seems really huge. Streak more loops. Just kill everything that's not black or an artifact. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and so to that, like reanimator is also viable because reanimate, animate dead, necromancy, the, the trio of best reanimation spells, those were all uh, uncommons. And before you think, oh, but there's not anything good to reanimate, um, there are quite a few common and uncommon Eldrazi's with Annihilator. Pathraiser of Ulamog is probably like the biggest, nastiest creature in the format, and also Artisan of Kozilek, who will do a reanimation along with putting an, an enormous creature on the battlefield. Breaker of Armies, I think, as well, because I've been staring to the face of it as well. But you don't even have to go colorless for Eldrazi, you can just go the old school where you just put in uh, Gary. Gary's an uncommon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely um, a reason to lean into monocolor. I mean, again, monocolor and two-color are really the only viable options here. So you don't have to worry so much about mana base, which is great. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about all the rare mana bases. But it also is nice because there isn't, like, a five-color deck you need to support with, like, fetches and duels and stuff. Like, and... uh but one thing I think has been really exciting was when Kaldheim added the snow duels, because it was the first time we actually had a true dual land with two land types at common or uncommon. So now the old school mirage fetches, like floodplain, can go get an actual dual land in this format, or a thing like Farseek can now actually go get a dual land. That's pretty exciting when you're when you're playing like two color green. Yeah, two, the two color decks have a lot of support for as especially as you mentioned there is the slow fetches the uh, snow lands that are the two even modern horizons too brought the indestructible cycle lands which are two colored tap lands and there's a lot of artifact synergies too so it's definitely valuable to be able to have access to multiple artifact lands and and combo is viable uh you know there is no thassa's oracle but there is lab man he got downshifted to uncommon in ultimate masters and the demonic consultation has always been uncommon so if you really want to get your ceh <laughs> fix and also prove yourself you can do it without rares brainstorm and dark ritual and demonic consultation and lab man those are all there um and as you mentioned before we got on here wither bloom apprentice and chain of smog both uncommons so you can uh, combo everybody out with that two card combo too if you want and obviously there are some other ones. You can get free card combos that are viable. The only thing is don't count on drawing them. Don't don't be like, uh, expect too much to draw. There are not many tutors in the format. Like one of the Bonkers tutors is Demonic Tutor, I think, is the only one that's legal. Well, so there's Demonic Tutor and the three Mirage Tutors were originally uncommon. So Mystical, Enlightened, and Worldly are all uncommon and black has a few in demonic and like diabolic tutor and like beseech the queen if you're wanting to play a lot of mana i've been kind of eschewing away from a lot of tutors in commander recently because i want my deck to feel fresh and interesting to me on game 14 as much <laughs> as it is on game one you know yeah i as we mentioned in the earlier beginning the deck challenges my artisan deck even though it has black does not run the tutor not a single one, except if you don't count the lands, which find themselves. Like, there's no demonic, there's no diabolic, there's nothing. There's just pure, if I draw it, I play. If I don't, I don't. Right. Yeah, I'm, I feel like in, in Commander, both Artisan and not, more and more now, I've been just wanting to play more card draw than tutors. Um, like, if I, if I want 
I'll try and draw into the thing, but it seems like just going and finding the thing, after a while you just figure out what's the best card for you to get at any given time, and then it just feels it feels like you're just, oh, I'm done with this game. Enter cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I think is okay in a normal casual where everything is allowed and, you know, you've been going on for two hours and you just want to end everything. That's fine. But I think Artisan never, I never even had a game that took two hours. I think the longest one was like an hour 20. Yeah. Well, I had a pretty long game. So I'm pretty excited about uh, the my most recent Artisan deck I built was around uh, Quintorius the uh the lorehold archaeologist elephant mm-hmm. and i i was pretty excited to to play him because you know he's the one that uh is a two four for five that gives all your spirits plus one plus oh and whenever a card whenever one or more cards leave your graveyard you create a three two spirit so you technically create a four two spirit because he's pumping them up and four twos are not insignificant even at a regular commander table like Four twos that you can just throw around and throw at people are not an insignificant body. Um, And I just really was drawn to the idea of like wanting to fill up my graveyard and then using like either like flashback effects or things like uh, scrabbling claws to eat away at my own graveyard or like dredge with shenanigans and stuff like that. Uh, to to just start pumping out a bunch of these uh, spirits that I can then just throw willy-nilly at people. And it turned out that, uh, so I, I played it on Monday. I played it against uh, uh, three people playing regular Power Commander. Um, I sat down, I told them, I'm like, hey, so this is an artisan deck. And I don't, I don't mind if you guys play your regular Power decks. I would just like, this is my first game. Can you not play your fastest deck? I just want to like learn if I put the deck together right. I want to see it do its thing, even if I lose. And so everyone played like a medium power deck or whatever, and I ended up winning the the game. And it was a long, like hour and a half or so long game, but it really felt like old commander. Everybody was getting to do their thing. There were like creatures dying left and right and a slow buildup of forces. And ultimately Quintorius and a pile of like 12 spirits won the day. <laughs> I can imagine that been pretty, must have been pretty fun. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, there's much spirit, and as you mentioned, tribal support stuff like this, and you can always grow your spirits, which is a fun tactic. Yeah, it it turned out like there are a decent number of common and uncommon anthems, and several of them are spirits. There's one from the original Innistrad that gives all your creature tokens. It's a spirit that gives all your creature tokens plus one plus one. So I'm like, awesome, great. And then there's a guy from Time Spiral that's like a flying crusade. Like all white creatures get plus one, plus one. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's called like Celestial Crusader or something like that. And it itself it. is a spirit. Even simple things like an all-star in that deck was um, Heraldic Banner from Eldrain. The thing that gives all, you choose a color and it's a mana rock that taps for that color, but it also pumps all creatures of that color by plus one, plus O. Oh. I played it in my brawl deck with the fairy, the fairy one, which made the one one flyers that pumped them also to make it plus one plus zero. Oh. One thing I've definitely noticed, and I'm sure that you've noticed too, is um, graveyard interaction seems really big for all five colors in Artisan. There's a lot of like, uh, like because, I, and I think maybe it's because there's like all this like attrition, like one you know one for one plays. People, you really want to get like extra plays out of your card. So, like, flashback becomes a lot bigger. Like, aftermath effects become bigger. Also, the me- mechanic from Ferris Beyond Death, which was escape, 
Yeah. One of oh, my yeah, yeah. favorite removal and slash card draw slash gain life spells is uh, Cling to Dust, which also saw plays in other formats like Modern, which is a com- more competitive format, and Cling to Dust sees play there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Ben, ben Bateman is a big fan. I think he, he, think he like, has some huge win over Kessler thanks to Cling to Dust. Uh, you were telling me you have this uh, deck that's based around Keskit and Dargo um, from... Uh, from Commander Legends. So what's what's how's that deck play? What's its uh, strategy lines like? Well, its main first focus line is sacrifice a lot of stuff, usually for value, and then just beat everybody down with uh, uh, Dargo. Dargo is the main win con, obviously, the 7-5 commander damage. It stacks up and obviously it even has trample. Uh, a lot of graveyard recursion as well. So I do have a couple of loops with either Gary or some other things. I did put a free card infinite combo in there just for the lols. As I mentioned, no tutors in it. Uh, I I never actually really... Uh, I think I tried to assemble it once and I got foiled exactly in that that's in case. And never ever again have I drawn all free cards to be viable. The combo is based... Uh, Viscera Seer is the sack outlet. First class is the spell from Strixhaven that anytime a creature would enter the battlefield this turn is an instant, it will enter uh, with yeah, a plus yeah. one plus First one. class, uh huh. And Murder is Redcap. So, Redcap is old school. Oh, snap. I did not even put together that Redcap plus first day of class is, an inf- is like an infant combo with a sack outlet. I'm going to have to put that in. I've been building Jury Master of the Review. A similar, I imagine it plays a, a similar lines to that. Like Rakdos Sacrifice is uh, a very, like very uh, valuable strategy in Artisan. I mean, the nice thing is, if you're trying to think about like how do I want to build my Artisan deck, like be thinking about like what are some prominent draft strategies of like the colors you're thinking of. Like Rakdos often has Sacrifice as their um, draftable strategy, and it turns out there have been a ton of Rakdos Sacrifice support at Common and Uncommon, especially in the last 10 years. Sort of like when I was talking about Blue-White Flyers. Like, if you want to put your Kangi Sky Warden deck together, there, let me tell you, there are a ton of Blue-White Flyer support cards. Yeah, and we also started having like those black cards that have both sacrificed either a creature and or an artifact to support that format. Yeah, there was Costly Plunder was, I think, one of the first from... Uh, Exxon way back. Mm-hmm. We have now Deadly Dispute, which is like one of the most broken commons. So in the- yeah. yeah, and uh, the new set coming up brought uh, Infernal Bargain, which is one of my favorites because it also gains you life. So if you do go for that, you know, kill my uh, Dargo, I'll just sacrifice him and gain seven life because that's how big he is. Yeah, yeah. I like that they gave him seven power because I feel like it sort of harkens back to classic commander because it's like three hits from a from a dragon three hits from a seven power creature will get you knocked out and i feel like commander damage is uh, a relatively viable pathway to victory i mean i i like i said i've been tinkering around with this jury master review deck but it's based around when commander legends came out me and a bunch of my friends each bought a box and built a uh, boxing league deck you know where you just crack all the packs in a box and you're building a sealed commander deck out of what was that in that one back box Mm -hmm. and uh i built around jury master of the review and uh it was really great and there were several times where i'd like jury was quickly like a 15 15 and i'm like well i'll just smack you a couple times and you're dead (laughs) speaking of giant creatures even uh 
Celestia one, uh, The Last of the Moon Sage. Oh, yeah, that was in uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, yeah. Yeah, and uh, as you know, even the popular format in other formats is Soul Sisters, and this one has bo- all the Soul Sisters in it. And uh, if you play them in an artisan format in Arena and somebody played Life Game, then you can know that that goes insane. Well, it does the same thing in Artisan. It just can go... You can just feed it so much. I think we had one rotation, and it suddenly... I think even the discussion we had with the group that it somehow started to feel like a Jessica Ishai situation where people cast a couple of spells, suddenly an Ishai is a 7-7, you cast Jessica and you one-shot somebody. Well, this was, was similar because in one rotation, I think it became like a 15-15 or 16-16. Yeah, and then, yeah. When, yeah, you get to play all three of the Soul Sisters because you get the green one too, Essence Warden, and yeah. uh, you can then play also like uh, the Prosperous Innkeeper, right? That's been mm-hmm. really blown up standard. Yep. Yeah, Trellisara is uh, is real good. And that like Scry 1, you know, there's that kind of feeling like once you've Scryed 2, it's almost like drawing a card. Um, and so she's like green-white, like turbo card selection. So you're going to dig right to that, like shield of the oversoul or armadillo cloak, you know, some those, those auras that, or equipments that like really start making her like impossible to deal with. Like trailblazer boots. Yeah. 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 And I was thinking about like back in the day, like Loxodon Warhammer uh, was a pretty legitimate commander card back when commander was EDH. Like, you know, if you're playing crash the blood braided or one of the, or, um, Rafik of the Mini, like one of the early like beatdown commanders, then like it was great to give them plus three plus O trample and lifelink. I always loved Crush. Yes, I think that's again like I've said it before, but one thing that really excites me about Artisan is I feel like I'm playing EDH again. Like I feel like I'm digging through boxes, I'm finding a cool obscure old card. I'm like looking up, I'm like, oh, great, it wasn't uncommon. Oh, snaps! Like <laughs> I can't wait to put this in. Yeah, one of my pet cards I have in my Dargo deck is you never, you, nobody ever has played it. I don't think even in a limited format has been played as a card from Battle Bond as a four mana enchantment called Inner Demon. And what it basically does, 2 2, plus 2, plus 2 flying, but it also gives minus 2 minus 2 to all non demon creatures. So you can technically wipe the board, yet empower your own creature to be bigger and give it an yeah, invasion. Yeah, yeah. So it's like two for one. Oh, so spicy. I remember um, I was playing against an artisan deck that was based around Killian, the Ink Duelist, who was the Silver Quill uncommon guy. And he's the one that says uh, creature spells that target creatures cost two less. And he cast Inner Demon for two mana on Killian, making Killian now a 4-4 flying menace lifelink and wiped like all the all the little nerds, all the goblins that people had, and I was just like, "Wow, that is a lot you got for just two mana." Um, so yeah, Inner Demon's definitely like a spicy one. Yeah, I love that card. It's one of my favorites. I want to take a moment. I, I feel like we sort of talked about it, but there are still for for those of you who are excited about like some powerful haymaker cards. There are still powerful haymakers in Artisan Commander. Uh, Cards that like, oh yeah, that has that was printed at uncommon at one point in time. So like a uh, skull clamp, <laughs> arguably the greatest <laughs> equipment ever played. Like it's okay, we don't have swords of X and Y because we still have skull clamp. Um, <laughs> the best artifact. Things like uh, um, Isochron scepter is legal, and so is dramatic reversal. If you really want to do that nuttiness, 
And the fun thing, you have even a commander that can, you can go infinite with, with like similar to Thrasios, because you have that uncommon di uh, down version of Thrasios, the O4 from uh, Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, I think it is also in Simic colors. Which you pay oh, yeah. four mana, Gretchen draw something. Yes. Yeah, that's also still legal. See? Yeah. And you could do Dramatic Scepter with um, the, uh, the Is It Wizard Legend, Adelies, who gets gives all your wizards plus one, plus one whenever you cast a spell. So you just like, I will cast her. I will Dramatic Scepter. All of my wizards <laughs> become infinite, infinite. And she has haste <laughs> and flying. So like, yeah. just immediately swing yeah. and kill someone. You don't even need to make infinite mana, just infinitely cast out. <laughs> yeah, and if you're looking for like combo and value, um, both Ashnod's Altar and Krark Clan Ironworks are uncommons. Mm -hmm. And Goblin Bombardment, though it has been reprinted mm -hmm. as a rare, was originally an uncommon as well. Uh, so lots of valuable sacrifice outlets. I think sacrifice is definitely a very viable strategy in this format across multiple colors. So you brought up um, Neon Dynasty, and uh, one of the things that really pushed me to want to have this uh, this episode is because we've got a Discord uh, for Artisan Commander set up. Definitely check in the show notes uh, and in the description below where you can join on the, uh, the Artisan Discord, uh, join in the discussion, the excitement around the format. But one thing a lot of people have been talking about, obviously, is Neon Dynasty and what cards have been added to the format um, here. And so I, I made a little list of uh, a few cards from the set that I think really excite me um, for the format. Uh, so the first is to talk about the three new commanders. We got three new uh, commanders that are viable. The Yamazaki Cousins, Heiko and Norika, and Naomi, Pillar of Order. So it's Mono Red, Mono White, and Orzal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, if, if you listen, if you follow a uh, member of the the commander advisory group Shivam Bot on Twitter, he uh, gave the go ahead that if you want to play Heiko and Narika as partners with each other, uh, you can do that. And I, I firmly support that rule zero. So get out there. Um, feel free to, I mean, if you sat down at the table and is like, I, I'm playing Heiko and Narika as partners together, I'd be like, hell yeah, bring it on. <laughs> Feels like they're supposed to have partner. Yeah. It kind of feels like they were supposed to have like, even in uh, well, uh, Midnight Hunt, I think it was, or it was in Crimson Vow, they even released where we originally had from Commander Legends Halana and uh, Atla, or what her name was, and they were like partners, and now they literally are as a partner commander. It's one commander, but it's both of them, the two characters. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. missed opportunity, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, they. Uh individually like they're they're okay they do some they do something that's sort of new like white doesn't really have an enchantment reanimator at uncommon um so that's kind of cool red has definitely has some more ways to get artifacts back so i don't know if heiko yamazaki is necessarily um gonna be i think what i was more interested in was the fact that they have that um when a samurai or warrior attacks alone trait so i'm more interested about them in the 99 and playing a Boros Warrior Attacks Alone deck. Uh, like, what sort of really exciting thing can you do there? And, like, one of my favorite artisan commanders, uh, Rograk, son of Roga, is a Cobalt Warrior. So he can attack alone. He can trigger Heiko and Narika. He can trigger um, all the other 
when a warrior or samurai attacks alone triggers. Um, so I'm sort of tempted to like build build him, maybe him with uh, Arden. I, I was waiting to hear Arden. I was waiting for that moment when that happens. That is like the most now, the most pop, even even since the age is like the most new popular, the hot thing that everybody loves yeah, to I mean, do. He's he's spicy. Uh, and, well, and also Bruinor Battlehammer from um, from Adventures in the Fire Gotten Realms is also a Boros warrior that lends itself well to like essentially playing like Voltron, like just pile it all on Bruinor, have him attack alone, trigger all of your Neon Dynasty cards. Uh, the next card that I'm really excited about is Containment Construct, and to a lesser extent, um, Bag of Holding, which got downshifted to Uncommon in Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. This is the first. These are the only two cards that we've seen that essentially give sort of madness to cards in the artisan format. And I'm really hyped on them. Uh, in part, I'm playing both of them in the aforementioned Quintorius deck because both of them are worded that the card gets discarded to your graveyard and then exiled from your graveyard. And so both Quintorius, also um, Tormod, uh, will get triggered seeing cards leave your graveyard. So um, if you're building around Quintorius or Tormod, both of these cards seem like auto-includes because they can uh, just get you so much extra value whenever you have to discard cards. Or even Sir Conrad. Ooh, yes, Sir Conrad gets you double triggers on Sir Conrad. <laughs> yeah, Sir Conrad, I, I haven't quite um, gotten around to like, let me just try and build the strongest Artisan Commander deck I can, but I imagine Sir Conrad is definitely in the running for... Uh, if you really push it, strongest artisan commander. Another thing I'm excited about out of Neon Dynasty are the reconfigure creatures, the the equipment creatures. Um, I think they really. Sh I think it's really exciting that while they're equipments, they're immune to things that are going to kill a whole bunch of creatures. So if someone like does bestow, basically, out, exactly, yeah, it, it works like a constantly rebestowing thing. And there's a there's a few of them like acquisitions octopus and battery rabbit that uh, I just think are like like battery rabbit especially like I, it's a one mana haste creature that for one mana can bestow plus one plus one in haste like hell yeah I played that in my Dargo Tavish deck even and it's also an artifact it's an artifact it's an equipment that can carry other equipment so if you're playing an equipment deck and someone manages to kill a bunch of your creatures like. The, that one equipment can pick up all the other equipment and still go to town. Um, I'm pretty excited about Behold the Unspeakable. Um, it's a, it's a, a saga that chapter one, uh, shrinks all your opponent's creatures. So it, it does a little, a good job of like pillow fording. On chapter two, it draws you between two and four cards, depending on how many cards you have in your hand, which is, which is always cool. And then chapter three, it becomes a, you know, a star star flying trampling creature where stars the number of cards in your hand. So it becomes like a legit big threat after turtling up and drawing you some cards. You just get a lot of uh, a lot of value out of uh, this one card. I like it personally. I've even played against it in draft formats and got literally annihilated by it. <laughs> okay, so two cards I'm really excited about. Um is Colossal Sky Turtle and Greater Tanuki, and to a lesser extent, Mirror Shell Crab. I'm playing all three of them, 
in uh, one of the artisan decks I have built that is just a ton of fun is Galanra, Caller of Wild, Wildwood, and Brineland the Moon Kraken. So these were a green and a blue legendary partners from uh, Commander Legends, and they they played in the draft archetype of that format of caring about cards that cost six or more mana. So Galanra taps to make a mana, and if you spend that mana on a card that costs six or more, you get to draw a card. And Brineland bounces a permanent when it enters the battlefield or when a you cast a card that costs six or more. So the two of them together want you to play just as many six or more cost cards as you can. Now, <laughs> if you just play nothing but six cost cards in your deck, you're not going to be doing anything for a whole lot of time. So cards that are, are big threats that also happen to be spells when you either cycle them, evoke them, or channel them like Colossal Sky Turtle and Greater Tanuki are just great. In the early game, when you just need to be ramping, Greater Tanuki is a very serviceable ramp spell. And later in the game, he's a 6-5 trampler. Like, he's a legit threat that people have to deal with. Colossal Sky Turtle, the same way, is both a regrowth and a bounce spell. Um, and the Mirror Shell Crab is a, uh, uh, is a mana leak. Yeah, and there's also the green instant, which is also basically like an instant regrowth from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, if I'm not mistaken. It's like for free mana, but it's an instant. It also has like two modes. One of them is to return a creature, and one of them uh, to put it on top or, or into your hand, and the other is that return a card. And you can mix and mash with multiple cards, which you just mentioned. I have actually yeah. seen happen to had this happened to me on a draft table once. It was an yeah. arena table, and they just kept regrowing and returning the couple of turtles and that spell to each other's hand, and always just going up and up and up. Oh, right. It's the one that you can get like a creature or an enchantment back or both. Uh, another card that I'm excited about from this set is Invigorating Hot Spring. Uh, this is, um, it's a... Uh, the new Fires of Yavimaya, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like fire, like you get fires, <laughs> fires is already legal, and so is Rhythm of the Wild. I found Rhythm of the Wild's a really powerful card in Artisan. And so this kind of goes into that mm-hmm. same vein, but it's cool in that it bestows haste on your modified creatures and has the ability to modify a creature every turn. So if you're playing a deck that's already heavily invested in modified creatures, then it is basically just a fires, but it's a fires plus, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're playing a deck that wants a fires effect, you want multiples of them. And so now you can play this, you can play Rhythm of the Wild, and you can play Anger. Um, Which, quick sidebar... Anger is part of a cycle of five creatures from Judgment, and they are all awesome. They are all great in this format. Uh, Anger and Wonder, the blue one that gives flying, are the the most famous. But I included Valor, the white one, which gives all your creatures first strike in my artisan deck, uh, my Quintorius artisan deck on Monday. And I got Valor in the yard very early on, and people playing full power EDH decks were like, huh, we just can't attack into you ever because you have a bunch of spirits and they all have first strike. They can all gang block and kill anything that I attack. And then I'd be attacking with these like five, three spirits and they all have first strike. So so there just aren't a lot of profitable blocks either. Um, and then green gives trample and black gives swamp walk, which is often just unblockable, right? So like just pretty much as good as, as wonder could be. 
I do like Anger for, for the haste. Anger is one of my favorite cards. The angry little baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We've also got Secluded Courtyard. And um, tribal Tribal is a big game in Artisan. So getting access to a second unclaimed territory, a better unclaimed territory, is just huge for your pirates or your elves, um, spirits, whatever type of uh, deck you're playing. Big fan of it. I like that land. And then uh, the last card that I'm really excited about from this set is Tawashi Guidebot. Uh, so plus one, plus one counters are uh, legit uh, a strategy in this format. Uh, and oftentimes the plus one plus one counter decks are in things like green and white. And Tawashi Guidebot just gives those colors card draw that they really need. Um, it's uh, a four cost two one. When it enters the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on a creature you control. And then it has pay four tap draw card. But this ability costs one less for each modified creature you control. Ergo, if you have four modified creatures, he just taps to draw a card. He's just a colorless archivist for any for any deck that wants it um and it, it turns out that like i think in commander in artisan commander archivist is good a lot of people want archivist especially if archivist is an artifact creature mm. so it can be cast <laughs> for any colors that you happen to have can be played around with all the artifact synergies so it can be played in any deck basically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially if your commander is if you're if you've chosen a commander like jury master of the view, somebody who modifies themselves already, uh, then I think it's worth to play Tawashi Guidebot because the Guidebot will come in and immediately modify something. And if your commander is also modified, then baseline, it's going to be two mana tap draw card, which is pretty much a good deal all the time. <laughs> I also like the one mana Ronin, which is the one mana two to the new Goblin Guide. With haste, mm, yeah, which you can later, which also returns back, and then later you can channel to draw a card, which is always nice. So you can always put it back, and if you have reanimation, you can bring it back, attack, return to your hand, draw a card, and just keep on keep the cycle going. Uh, obviously, I did mention it earlier. Reckoner's bargain, another of those mm. instant two mana speed draw a card, uh, sacrifice something, draw a card, and this time gain life. So if you sacrifice something huge, it's a lot of life. And two cards. The permanence mana value. And uh, one thing that uh, kind of goes along with this uh, that I've been playing a lot in this the uh, jury deck I've been talking about is most threatens, most effects that steal a creature until end of turn are common and uncommon. So having powerful sacrifice outlets like Reckoner's Bargain is a real nice 2-1 punch. Like, imagine just, you know, threatening your opponent's biggest creature, swinging it at somebody, smashing them, and then Reckoner's bargaining it away, so then you draw the two cards to replace the Threaten and the Reckoner's bargain that you just cast, and you're gaining a bunch of life. Like, that's a, again, like we were saying, Artisan isn't so much about these big over-the-top, like, one-card-win-the-game things. It's about eking out, turn after turn, the most value from that turn cycle. And so, cards like Reckoner's Bargain allow you to be the person that, okay, in this turn cycle, I was the one that came out ahead. I, You all are down a card, I'm up a card, we're, I'm crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> you actually inspired me because I was looking at my deck and was uh, trying to, as we mentioned, you build a deck, you play them, fill holes, and that hole was, I can get rid of some big nasty problems sometimes, so why not just steal them, use them, and sacrifice them? Yeah, especially when you've got uh, both 
both of your commanders allow you to sacrifice creatures on command, right? So, like, being able to be like, oh, I'll just threaten your Eldrazi and then feed it to Keskit after I've gotten (laughs) done with it, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So I I do need to make some changes. There, there, I have, like, a couple of slots that I was thinking, like, hmm... You're fun, but not that fun. Oh, I guess one 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 card that maybe it's it would be exciting to some people is Anchor to Reality. That's the uh, card that's sort of like Tinker, but it tinkers for an equipment or vehicle card. It's the four mana the sacrifice fixed Tinker. Cost. It's a little bit of a fixed Tinker. Now we don't we don't have the most insane equipments or vehicles in artisan but it's not nothing to have a four mana tutor that then puts the thing you tutored for directly onto the battlefield um so anchor to reality definitely one to to keep in mind um so we're kind of drawing to a close here but i want to kind of talk about like how do you feel about how the format have you have you noticed the format evolving um in in the time that you've been uh, playing it, making content for it, and do you think there's any cards on your radar as like problematic for as we're trying to forge artisan as its own independent entity that can both exist on its own and play within the wider command? Like one of the reasons why I'm really excited about artisan is it can be its own micro ecosystem within the wider commander world. You can definitely play your artisan decks against full power commander decks. But you can also sit down at a table, say, hey, I've got an Arzen deck. Anyone else do? And you can have a table where we've got a secret sub game going on. But do you feel like within this like sub format, is there anything that's really standing out to you as maybe problematic on your on your radar? Or how do you feel the format is progressing? From what I've seen and what I've played, I don't think there's anything problematic with this format or any other cards that are currently legal here. We might get it in the future because, you know, the more cards get printed. But as of as we're standing right now, I think the format is pretty balanced and pretty fun. And I recommend everyone to try it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I I also feel that way. I've um I've thrown down with Alex and I hope that we get to do a stream here soon. But uh, maybe uh, we can arrange a, a stream over on uh, the Veil of Death uh, YouTube um, that maybe we could just try and build the most busted artisan commander deck you can think of like uh you know build that combo deck build that tatiova like land ramp into insanity deck or or uh you know the sir conrad combo i've i've been tinkering around i have a list for a cole the forge master combo deck uh that i feel like would be pretty pretty strong um and maybe we can just see like are these cards really because every time i brought up artisan and um when we created the artisan discord, which again, look in the comments to join the, the discord. One of the things that comes up a lot is people are like, well, surely you guys have to just ban Tatiova right away. Right. And I don't think you do. I think the thing that makes Tatiova and AC and those similar Simic ramp commanders so insane in the regular commander is the big rare effects, the expropriates and the, cyclonic rifts and stuff that they're building up to that don't exist in uh artisan but also cards like exploration and burgeoning and azusa lost but seeking they they aren't legal either so you're not being able to get a ton of extra land drops there's no oracle Moldias, you know there are spell effects that are like this turn you may play an extra land you know utopia uh growth spiral and stuff like that like you can play growth spiral and exploration but there are no 
There are not a lot of permanents that just say you get extra land drops indefinitely. And I think that's what allows Tatiova and AC and stuff to snowball. And so they don't exist in Artisan. So while I don't deny that Tatiova is a strong commander, I don't think she is so like insane and over the top that like we gotta ban her before she's even proven herself. I just played against the Tatiova recently and I didn't feel like that deck was busted. I mean, obviously we respect it because we know what that deck can do on different formats, but in Artisan I never felt like too threatened by it. I mean, obviously card draw is still viably good strategy, but there is nothing like that goes insanely well with that deck that can't go with any other deck in this format right now. As we mentioned, there's is Isochron Scepter is a legal card, and I have not seen many people either play it or even go for it because it's really hard in these uh, in this limited pool of uh, let's say cards to properly go always for that turn one, turn two, you know, CDH style win. It's still a long game, a fun game, and there is nothing really like inherently super broken in this format. Yeah. I hope that this uh, episode has been a real encouragement for y'all to get out there. It's a it's an affordable format to get into. You probably already have plenty of cards in your collection that you'd be like, oh man, I really want to get this in a deck. Well, now you can. Here's your excuse. Find uh, your favorite commons and uncommons. Uh, find an uncommon legend that you really like. And we know this year we've got Commander Legends 2, Baldur's Gate coming out. Uh, so expect there to be more uncommon legends coming out. I really want to thank Vale of Death for uh, Vale of Death MTG for being on the on the podcast. Where can people uh, find you? First of all, thank you for having me. It was a big pleasure. And second of all, you can just find me on my YouTube channel, Vale of Death MTG. Great. So we'll have links to that in the show notes and below. Check check them out. Got lots of cool artisan and other magic content on there. And also a reminder, join the Artisan, uh, join the conversation on the Artisan Discord. Uh, That's it for us this week. The gang will be back next week to talk more things magic. And uh, thank you all for joining us. Get out there and have fun with your commons and uncommons. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.